What's good, everybody? It's your man, Big Don, coming live now at you with the Truth Players Podcast, episode number 15. Uh, we're going to talk about, we're going to recap the uh, Jets and Giants week 8. It wasn't a great week 8, week eight for both uh, New York teams. But before I get to those games, I'm going to speak about some uh, few things here. Start off with the uh, Red Sox winning the World Series in five games. My prediction came through. However, I thought it was going to be seven games, but it turned out to be five games. Um, I want to congrats the Red Sox on that. You know, David Price had a big hand in the uh, World Series victory going pitching to the eighth inning. Uh, he pitched pretty well after all the um, bad luck he had in previous um, playoff starts and um, relief appearances. I believe it was one in seven, I believe, in previous um, previous playoff appearances. But he got two big wins in the World Series, which propelled the Red Sox into becoming a world champion the fourth time in 15 years for the Red Sox. I guess this is the millennium for the Red Sox, you know. In the 1900s, they, they had to break a curse in 2004 to win the championship. Now they won four in the past 15 years. Um, Kershaw gave up three home runs in the um, deciding game. You know, as great as he is in the regu- regular season, he always seems to fold during the playoffs for whatever reason, you know. But he's getting he's getting up there in age now, so I don't, this probably is his last shot to win the World Series. Um, I don't think the, I don't think the Dodgers are going back there next year. I think another team from the National League is going to go back there. Um, it just goes to show you that um, baseball smarts, instincts, execution can win, not analytics. And the Red Sox showed that in the series. Um, they actually showed it throughout the entire postseason. These guys put the bat on the ball. They don't strike out. They always make it a very hard out for all the pitchers that they face throughout the playoffs. Which, you know, analytics can't, you know, teach you that. Analytics is all about launch angles and numbers and always looking for the... No. It's instincts, execution, baseball smarts. And um, Alex Cora pulled all the right strings throughout the playoffs, which enabled his team to... Um, win the championship. Once again, as you heard in my previous podcast, he should have been the Mets manager. But, you know, I'm going to leave that alone now. I think my point has been proven by the um, what the Red Sox did. So once again, congrats to the Boston Red Sox. I'm going to go crazy in Boston right now. I got family up there, so they're really excited about the victory. So let's see, let's see what happens for next year. Let's see if the Red Sox can repeat. I think the Yankees are going to have a lot to say about that, if you ask me. Um, now, I want to look at the Knicks briefly. Um, the past two games, uh, yesterday they beat the Nets 115-96. Um, the game wasn't even close. I, I, the Nets went out to an early 11-3 lead, and from there, the Knicks just took over. Tim Hardaway Jr. once again dropped 25, I'm sorry, 24 points, 8 of 19 of shooting, 8 assists. Um, Enos Cannon off the bench with 16 points and 15 rebounds. Mitch Robinson started for uh, Enos Cannon. Um, he dropped 11 points, but, you know, only three rebounds, you know. Could have played, you know, grab more rebounds. You're a big guy. You should be able to grab at least seven or eight a game. But, like I said, he's young. He's just um, getting his foot foot wet in the NBA. Um, one thing about um, with uh, Fisdale, he changed the lineup before the Warriors game, which I'm going to talk about the Warriors game, too, and what it meant. Um, the Warriors did beat the Knicks 128-100. Um, Kevin Durant drops um, 41 points on 17-24 shooting, and he scored 25 points in the fourth quarter. Let me tell you something. I think Durant is showing New York what it could be like 
to play to wear that to wear the New York Knicks uniform in 41 games at the Garden. Um, holding my breath, I'm not getting too hyped about him possibly coming to New York, but you can't help it. Sometimes the hype is there, even um, kind of added to the added to the hype, and his performance um, on Friday night's game either also also added to the hype also. Um, like I said, these guys, he dropped a performance on the garden, and I'm like, it, it should work. He should come to New York. His mom can come see him all the time. New York is only a train ride or a bus ride away. So that that would be great for him to come to New York and add to the team. Add to the team with Porzingis and Hardaway and um, Robinson and um, Trey Burke. And all those young guys to show them how to win a, win a basketball game. I think they could, you know, be, if it, if it happens, now it's a big if. If it happens, you you could have a good team for the next six or seven years. Plus that lottery pick they're gonna that you they're gonna have this year also. But let me just give you the stat line for that game: Draymond Green with 18 points, seven of eight, um, with six assists. Steph Curry with 29 points, 10 of 18 shooting, two assists. Um, Tim Hardaway from Friday night against the uh, Warriors, another 24-point game, 9-21 shooting, 4 assists. Anila Kina, 17 points, 2 assists, 6-11 from the field. And Damian Dotson dropped um, 12 points and 7 rebounds on 5-12 shooting. I, I like this guy, um, Damian, Damian Dotson. I think he should get more more playing time. And... Um, and let them let the let him show, let him play and see what he can do in the NBA level. I seen him play a few games in the D League last year. And I was very impressed by him. Um, he can shoot. He can play some defense. He attacks the basket. You know, high energy player. You know, so I'm really excited about the direction of the team. You know, they're not, gonna, they're not going to win a lot of games this year, but I just like the direction it's going towards. And I think uh, Fitzdale is the um, after. 10 games, is he the answer? I'm not sure yet. I'm not here to, I'm not here to say that yet. But one thing that concerns me is even though he did mention he's not, he's not playing to win games or he's not looking to win games, no matter what type of squad you have on the floor, you should instill in your players a winning atmosphere, a winning mentality. By you admitting that, even though we all know they're not going to win a lot of games, you don't want that mentality to seep into the players' heads and just... Think about just playing hard and, and not worry about winning. The, the, the bottom line is winning. That's the only thing that's the bottom line. Not playing hard and you lose. There's no more victories. It's either you win or lose. And um, that's all I got to say about that situation. But, you know, Fisdale's doing a, doing a good job with the team. Um, I was kind of concerned about the uh, lot of changes. He, he took out Cantor as well as um, Trey Burke from the starting lineup. I was kind of concerned about that, but you know, I, I see why he's doing it. And Little Kid is not playing the point guard, point, playing at the point guard position, you know, which he was drafted to do. And we'll see what happens. He, he played a few good games, um, starting at the point guard. So, but I would like for him to get more assists and um, keep playing the good defense that I know he's capable of playing. And we'll see what happens. Like I said, we'll see what happens. <clears throat> now, I want to briefly mention. Um, the Cleveland coaches, NFL and NBA, they got the axe today. Axe, um, actually not today, but yesterday. Teron Lou of the Cavaliers and Hugh, Hall, uh, Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley. Both got fired from Cleveland Browns. Um, I thought Todd Haley was going to take over as a coach, but he got fired too. 
but you know, if you're gonna make a change, like even if you if your intention is to make a change, you should have done it before the season started, before they even started the preseason. There's no reason to drag this on, and there's no reason to drag it on and, and do that to people in their five mid seasons. It's like firing someone in the middle at the end of their shift. Come on, just do it before it even happens and move on. You know, so. <clears throat> Don't mind me and my cup is just, just water, not liquor. <laughs> so that, that's what I feel about the situation. But now let's go to the nitty-gritty of my um, podcast for today. The Giants and Jets losing this past week. Uh, twofold on... Um, uh, twofold, I, I would say, for the Giants. Um, first things first, the Giants... Let's go, let's go with the stats here. We got uh, Alex Smith, 20 for 32, 178 yards, and a TD. Um, Adrian Peterson with 26 carries, 148 yards, a TD. He, but but in the fourth quarter, he sealed the game sealed the, sealed the game closed with a 64-yard TD run when the Giants was trying to make a late run. And um, also we have um, Eli Manning going for 30 for 47 for 316 yards, a TD, but he turned the ball over. Two interceptions. This team's not good enough to overcome the, the interceptions. And um, he has to, you know, cut that down a lot. Beckham, he had eight receptions for 136 yards, um, plus his his uh, patented two two one-handed catches over Josh Norman. You know, I'm, I mean, one-handed catches don't impress me. I'm, what impresses me is W's and looking good. And whatever, however you get the W, whether you look good, or look bad, I'm in the, I'm in only concerned about W's. And right now the Giants are one and seven. We could do it without the one one-handed catches. I'll, I'll, tr- I'll trade those 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 two one-handed catches for at least to have a record lease of uh, five and five. I'm sorry, not five and five, but um, four and four. Be somewhere close to contention for a playoff spot. Um, Saquon Barkley, 13 carries, 38 yards, but he had nine receptions for 73 yards. But he got to get this man the ball, no matter how, no no matter what, they have to get the, get this man the ball, whether it's behind, um, handing handing it off to him or. or um, or, th- or throwing up, throwing them passes and things like that. The one thing I did notice about the game when I really caught the game is when he tr- when he tries to run between the tackles, he's having a difficult time doing that. Um, is it the offensive line or is it him or it's just something? It's something that's just missing. I, I think it has to go back to the offensive line most definitely. It has to go back to them. They have to do a better job of opening holes and make sure he um, gets those bursts. Like he had early in the season. So, like I said, the Giants go ahead into the bye week, 1-7. What to do if I was um, Shermer? What to do? He said he's sticking with Eli. We'll see how long that lasts. If I was Eli, I would, I would request a trade before the, t- before the deadline today. Or whenever the deadline is up. You know, this guy deserves better. He's, he's already won two Super Bowls. Um, he did what he did for the he did what he could for the Giants in his years of being here. He's been here since 2005. So he did what he can. He should have just asked for a trade before the season started. Let them go through a full rebuild. You know, that's my that's that's my opinion. Bynes said he has a lot of pride. He, the Manning name is synonymous in NFL lore. You know, but he should have just went on to another team, Jacksonville. Would have been a perfect spot for him, but even Jacksonville right now is um, struggling also. Now you don't know if Jacksonville is going to be selling or buying. They're three and five and don't look good doing it. Look, look like they're going the other way. 
Um, but like I said, the full rebuild is in process. They already traded away Snacks Harrison. They traded away Snacks Harrison. They traded away. Um, what was it traded away? Snacks Harrison and I forgot the other guy's name. When I when I when I come to come with, I'll let you guys know. I totally forgot his name. They traded a few few pieces to the puzzle, and. Um, Full rebuilds and isn't process. No matter what they tell you, no matter what the Giants tell you, that they're playing to win, rebuilds in process. Rebuilds in process. They're trying to get that quarterback with the first round, the first round pick for next year. Um, now let's get to the Jets. The Jets lost to the Bears, uh, 24-10. Let me just hit you with the little stats here. Sam Darnold, 14 of 29, 153 yards and a TD. Isaiah Corral, 13 carries, 25 yards. Deontay Burnett, his um, roommate, his, I mean, not roommate, his former, his teammate with USC, was leading receiver for the Jets with four receptions and 61 yards. And Herndon, their best receiver on the field that yesterday, only had one catch for 16 yards, which was which led to a TD. Um, also, with Mitchell Petrubisky on the Bears side, went for 16 and 29, 220 yards and two TDs. Uh, Jordan Howard with 22 carries, 81 yards and a TD. Um, Tyreek Cohen uh, with a reception, a big uh, first quarter reception for 70 yards for a TD. Um, Taylor Gabriel with four receptions uh, and 52 yards. Anthony Miller with three receptions and 37 yards and a TD. And Joshua Bellamy with four receptions with 30 for 37 yards. Um, the one issue I had with the Jets in this game was a few things. Penalties on the offensive and defensive lines. At critical junctures of the game, one glaring was um, Big Cat Williams. Uh, it was, in the, I believe, it was in the th- um, th- late third quarter. Um, he had a neutral zone infraction on a third and goal. Um, it was a big penalty because the gesture had just scored a touchdown. This made the score 17-10, and um, a, a big, t- a big point turnaround. It, it, it could have been 20. If they just hit kick the field, it would have been 2010 instead of um, 2410. I'm sorry, if it was that 20, I'm trying to remember the game. But it led to a it led to a touchdown instead of a field goal. So that was a big, big, uh, a big penalty on that part. Also the offensive lineman. I seen um, Shell again with another false start at critical juncture of the game, which made the. A third and five turned to a third and long. It, it, it's just, um, I saw some of the uh, press conference of the game and Ray Lucas trying to defend Todd Bowles and whether or not it was um, the coach's responsibility for the players that, that's, that's causing all these penalties, being on this line or the players. I, in my opinion, it's both. It's both. Guys got to understand the situation. Uh, Khalil Mack was not playing, so who, who, who on that Bears defense was going to really... Um, scare you as far as the passers from the outside. They have some D tackles in the inside that can push pressure, but who who else on the outside could have done that? I thought this, it could have been a better better communication, uh, better better game planning that would have avoided um, the, the amount of pressure that Donald was getting, as well as the um, false starts that the offensive line had during that game. But keep in mind one thing: the Jets were without. Quincy Nunwa, Lyle Powell's on IR for his neck injury. 
Um, Elijah Maguire hasn't come back yet from his ankles, ankle um, issue. He hasn't even been taken off the pub lift list yet. Robbie Anson was out, and also Tremaine Johnson was out on the defensive side of the ball. Even though the defense did play well, but critical junctions, they had some penalties, which I didn't like. I didn't like. I wasn't didn't feel comfortable about that. And, you know, as I'm listening to the, um, the fan this morning, um, I'll tell you, Joe and um, Evan, they're going after Todd Bowles, man, I'm telling you. They want that man fired. They want him fired today. Today. They've been wanting to they've been wanting to have that guy fired since Buffalo. They just lost that 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 playoff that playing game for the playoffs in Buffalo many years ago. They want this man out of here. And you know, I try to support my, my like I said in the previous podcast I mentioned in Ty Bowles. I try to support because the fellow um, African American brothers deserve a chance. But by the same token, you gotta win games. You gotta win games. That's the bottom line. But in the days, you gotta win games. If you're, if you're not winning games, guess what? You won't be here. And that's for anybody. That's for anybody with any. Uh, forget about pigmentation or, or skin color. You gotta win. Gotta win. I think. I think he should. Um, in my opinion, you can't ask for his firing yet until how he does next two weeks. I think the next two weeks is critical for Todd Bowles. It's very critical. He got to win against the Dolphins. He got to win against the Bills to go into the and go into their bye at five and five. He has to because um, if you go four and if you go th- uh, three and seven or four and six, you know what? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be with Joe and Evan at, at the front of the line saying you need to be fired, Todd. I'm sorry to say that. These are two winnable games right here that you, you have to win. You should have beaten Miami the first, the first time, to be honest with you. You should have beaten the first time. And the team, you got to bring a quarterback. You got to help the quarterback. You got to help the quarterback. He's a rookie. You got to create, create um, schemes that will help him succeed. I see the the Jets offense. I thought it'd be better than last year, but the Jets offense looks like the same as the year before, just boring and predictable. If you can't do a screen pass, everyone know, everyone knows you're gonna run the ball. Everyone knows you're gonna do a crossing pattern. There's there's no there's no excitement. There's no dy- dynamic play calling going on here. There's no exoticness to their particular offense. It looks like last year, like, like I said, last year and this year. I think Paul Hackett's offense was much more. Um, Dynamic than this office we have right here, and Paul Hackett, in my opinion, was not a, was not a good offense coordinator. He was too conservative for me. But come on, at least he had some exciting plays, one or two. I haven't seen any exciting plays from Jeremy Bates. It looks like the same thing they had with Morton with the offense creator Morton last year. Most important thing too, you know, with these injuries to uh, Bilal Powell. The Jets need a, uh, another running back. They need to sign another running back. Nothing big. Just another body in there to help Crowell. Because Crowell's still not... Uh, Isaiah Crowell's not, still not 100% with his ankle. You need somebody to take the burden off of him. Um, if it's not... If you don't sign if you don't sign a running back, then you got to trust Cannon to, to, do, um, to, have, to have the carries. got to trust Cannon. I mean, trust him a little bit, but you know what? Everyone's job is on the line here. So the coaches should do whatever it takes to... 
maximize the talent that they still have left on this offense. I know you. I know they were, you guys worked without Nunua. I know you guys without you. You, out, were, you were without um, Robbie Anderson. I know that, but that doesn't mean you just fold up the tents and and and, and then squeeze the offense. Gotta do better. Like I gotta keep saying every week. Gotta do better. So, like, I feel they should start a running back, whoever it may be, whether it's Jamal Charles or some whoever, another body to ease the pressure off. That's some di- add some di- uh, dynamic um, things to the offense. And, you know, you know, the next the next draft, this coming draft for the NFL draft, just need to focus on pass rushers and receivers. That's what they should focus on. And um, about to end this podcast right now, but I want to speak about, you know, this may maybe a good segue segue into my next um, episode about if I was Mets GM. Um, as you guys know, to all my Mets fans, the, the New York Mets has have hired Brody Vagnanen, former agent of CAA. He's the agent. He's formerly going to be the agent of Johannes Cespedes, Jacob Degrom. And amongst a few other players on the jet, on the uh, New York Mets roster and organization, um, the press conference is today at two thirty. I'm going to try to um, watch a podcast. I mean, the uh, press conference. It's not. I'll probably watch a, a recording afterwards and give you my take on it, as well as my take if I was Mets GM. I'm kind of upset that I should have had this episode before they even did the hiring. So at least put my name in the hat. <laughs> so, like I said. I'm going to give you guys my opinion about the whole situation um, on my next podcast. And also, what if I, if I was Mets GM, what I would do to make this team competitive for the next 10 years? And um, I will definitely try to have this podcast out to you by either Thursday or Friday or even into the weekend. I will definitely will have this podcast out for you. All right. Once again, this podcast will be brought to you by uh, Photos by Pascal. Hit up my sister. All your photo needs, um, portfolios, bar mitzvahs. Weddings, baby showers, bridal showers. She's the girl to do it. Definitely check out her um, her Instagram, Perfect Forty Three. See all the um, see all her photos. You know, get a glimpse of her work. Definitely give her a shout out on Instagram. Um, if you guys have any questions, any c- comments, definitely hit me up. This old this video is a video app too. So I also will post this video on YouTube. Um, you guys could either uh, drop a comment on my uh, YouTube video or either hit me up on um, Instagram, Swag Lover, and just let me know who you are and I'll accept your message and, and see um, what your comments were for the podcast and things like that. I'm hopefully trying to set up a, a, a good email where you guys can contact me to the podcast. Uh, co- contact me with comments and any um, any other things you want to talk to me about. Criticism. I'll take criticisms. I don't care. Just a podcast. <laughs> If you guys want to be a co-host, definitely let me know. You know, make this on and popping. All right. So, once again, it's your man Big Dom coming live and at you with the True Payers Podcast, episode 15. It's 15 already. So I will definitely get you guys again later. Peace. with the Truth Players Podcast, episode number 15. Uh, we're going to talk about, we're going to recap the uh, Jets and Giants week eight. 
It wasn't a great week eight, week eight for both uh, New York teams. But before I get to those games, I'm going to speak about some a uh, few things here. Start off with the uh, Red Sox winning the World Series in five games. My prediction came through. However, I thought it was going to be seven games, but it turned out to be five games. Um, I want to congrats the Red Sox on that. You know, David Price had a big hand in the uh, World Series victory going pitching to the eighth inning. I pitched pretty well after all the um, bad luck he had in previous um, playoff starts and um, relief appearances. I believe it was one in seven, I believe, in previous um, previous playoff appearances. But he got two big wins in the World Series, which propelled the Red Sox into becoming a world champion the fourth time in 15 years for the Red Sox. I guess this is the millennium for the Red Sox, you know. In the 1900s, they, they had to break a curse in 2004 to win the championship. Now they won four in the past 15 years. Um, Kershaw gave up three home runs in the um, deciding game. You know, as great as he is in the reg- regular season, he always seems to fold during the playoffs for whatever reason, you know. But he's getting he's getting up there in age now, so I don't, this probably is his last shot to win the World Series. Uh, I don't think the, I don't think the Dodgers are going back there next year. I think another team from the National League is going to go back there. Um, it just goes to show you that um, baseball smarts, instincts, execution can win, not analytics. And the Red Sox showed that in the series. Um, they actually showed it throughout the entire postseason. These guys put the bat on the ball. They don't strike out. They always make it a very hard out for all the pitches that they face throughout the playoffs. Which, you know, analytics can't, you know, teach you that. Analytics is all about launch angles and numbers and always looking for the... No. It's instincts, execution, baseball smarts. And um, Alex Cora pulled all the right strings throughout the playoffs, which enabled his team to... um, win a championship. Once again, as you heard in my previous podcast, he should have been the Mets manager. But, you know, I'm going to leave that alone now. I think my point has been proven by the um, what the Red Sox did. So once again, congrats to the Boston Red Sox. They're going to go crazy in Boston right now. I got family up there, so they're really excited about the victory. So let's see let's see what happens for next year. Let's see if the Red Sox can repeat. I think the Yankees are going to have a lot to say about that, if you ask me. Um, now, I want to look at the Knicks briefly. Um, the past two games, uh, yesterday they beat the Nets 115-96. Um, the game wasn't even close. I, I, the Nets went out to an early 11-3 lead, and from there, the Knicks just took over. Tim Hardaway Jr. once again dropped 25, I'm sorry, 24 points, 8 of 19 of shooting, 8 assists. Um, Enos Cannon off the bench with 16 points and 15 rebounds. Mitch Robinson started for uh, Enos Cannon. Um, he dropped 11 points, but, you know, only three rebounds, you know. He could have played, you know, grab more rebounds. You're a big guy. You should be able to grab at least seven or eight a game. But, like I said, he's young. He's just um, getting his foot foot wet in the NBA. Um, one thing about um, with uh, Fisdale, he changed the lineup before the Warriors game, which I'm going to talk about the Warriors game, too, and what it meant. Um, the Warriors did beat the Knicks 128-100. Um, Kevin Durant drops um, 41 points on 17-24 shooting and he scored 25 points in the fourth quarter let me tell you something I think Durant is showing New York what it could be like to play to wear that to wear the New York Knicks uniform in 41 games at the Garden um, holding my breath I'm not getting too hyped about him possibly coming to New York but you can't help it sometimes the hype is there 
even um, kind of added to the added to the hype, and his performance um, on Friday night's game he also also added to the hype. Also, um, like I said, these guys he dropped the performance on the Garden, and I'm like, it, it should work. He should come to New York. His mom can come see him all the time. New York is only a train ride or a bus ride away, so that that'll be great for him to come to New York and add to the team. Add to the team with Porzingis and Hardaway and um, Robinson and um, Trey Burke and all those young guys to show them how to win a, win a basketball game. I think they could, you know, be, if it, if it happens, now it's a big if. If it happens, you, you could have a good team for the next six or seven years. Plus that lottery pick they're gonna, that you could, they're gonna have this year also. But let me just give you the stat line for that game. Draymond Green with 18 points, 7 of 8 um, with 6 assists. Steph Curry with 29 points, 10 of 18 shooting, 2 assists. Um, Tim Hardaway from Friday night against the uh, Warriors. Another 24-point game. 9 of 21 shooting, 4 assists. Anilakina, 17 points, 2 assists. 6-11 from the field. And Damian Dotson dropped um, 12 points and 7 rebounds on 5 of 12 shooting. I, I like this guy, um, Damian Damian Dotson. I think he should get more more playing time, and um, and let them let the let him show, let him play and see what he can do in the NBA level. I seen him play a few games in the D League last year. And I was very impressed by him. Um, he can shoot. He can play some defense. He attacks the basket. You know, high energy player. You know, so I'm really excited about the direction of the team. You know, they're not, gonna, they're not going to win a lot of games this year, but I just like the direction it's going towards. And I think uh, Fitzdale is the um, after ten games. Uh, is he the answer? I'm not sure yet. I'm not here. To, I'm not here to say that yet. But one thing that concerns me is even though he did mention he's not he's not playing to win games or he's not looking to win games. No matter what type of squad you have on the floor. You should instill in your players a winning atmosphere, a winning mentality. By you admitting that, even though we all know they're not going to win a lot of games, you don't want that mentality to seep into the players' heads and just think about just playing hard and, and not worry about winning. The, the, the bottom line is winning. That's the only thing that's the bottom line. Not playing hard and you lose. There's no more victories. It's either you win or lose. And... Um, that's all I gotta say about that situation. But you know, Fizdale's doing a doing a good job with the team. Um, I was kind of concerned about the uh, lot of changes. He he took out Cantor as well as um, Trey Burke from the starting lineup, and I was kind of concerned about that. But you know, I, I see why he's doing it. And Little Kid is not playing the point guard, point, playing at the point guard position, you know, which he was drafted to do. And we'll see what happens. He, he played a few good games um, starting at the point guard. So, But I would like for him to get more assists and um, keep playing the good defense that I know he's capable of playing. And we'll see what happens, like I said. We'll see what happens. <clears throat> now, I want to briefly mention um, the Cleveland coaches, NFL and NBA, they got the axe today. Axe, um, actually, not today, but yesterday. To Ron Liu of the Cavaliers. And Hugh, Hall, uh, Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley both got fired from Cleveland Browns. Um, I thought Todd Haley was going to take over as a coach, but he got fired too. But you know, if you're going to make a change, like if you're if, you're, if your intention is to make a change, you should have done it before the season started, before they even started the preseason. There's no reason to drag this on and 
There's no reason to drag it on and, and do that to people in their five mid seasons. It's like firing someone in the middle at the end of their shift. Come on. Just do it before it even happens and move on. You know, so <clears throat> don't mind me and my cup is just, just water, not liquor. <laughs> So that, that's what I feel about the situation. But now let's go to the nitty-gritty of my um, podcast for today. The Giants and Jets losing this past week. Uh, twofold on... Um, uh, twofold, I, I would say, for the Giants. Um, first things first, the Giants... Let's go Let's go with the stats here. We got uh, Alex Smith, 20 for 32, 178 yards and TD. Um, Adrian Peterson with 26 carries, 148 yards, a TD. He, but but in the fourth quarter, he sealed the game open, sealed the sealed the game closed with a 64-yard TD run when the Giants was trying to make a late run. And also um, oh, we have um, Eli Manning going for 30 for 47 for 316 yards, a TD. But he turned the ball over, two interceptions. This team's not good enough to overcome the, the interceptions, and um, he has to, you know cut that down a lot. Beckham, he had eight receptions for 136 yards, um, plus his his uh, patented two two one-handed catches over Josh Norman. You know, I'm, I mean, one-handed catches don't impress me. I'm, what impresses me is W's and looking good. And whatever, however you get the W, whether you look good, or look bad, I'm in the, I'm in only concerned about W's. And right now the Giants are one and seven. We could do it without the one one-handed catches. All right, I'll I'll, tr- I'll trade those 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 two one-handed catches for at least to have a record lease of uh, five and five. I'm sorry, not five and five, but um, four and four. Be somewhere close to contention for a playoff spot. Um, Saquon Barkley, 13 carries, 38 yards, but he had nine receptions for 73 yards. But he got to get this man the ball, no matter how, no no matter what, they have to get the, get this man the ball, whether it's behind um, handing handing it off to him or or. Um, or, th- or throwing up, throwing them passes and things like that. The one thing I did notice about the game when I really caught the game is when he tr- when he tries to run between the tackles, he's having a difficult time doing that. Um, is it the offensive line or is it him or it's just something it's something that's just missing? I, I think it has to go back to the offensive line most definitely. It has to go back to them. They have to do a better job of opening holes and make sure he um, gets those bursts. Like he had early in the season. So, like I said, the Giants go ahead into the bye week, 1-7. What to do if I was um, Shermer? What to do? He said he's sticking with Eli. We'll see how long that lasts. If I was Eli, I would, I would request a trade before the, t- before the deadline today. Or whenever the deadline is up. You know, this guy deserves better. He's, he's already won two Super Bowls. Um, he did what he did for the he did what he could for the Giants in his years of being here. He's been here since 2005. So he did what he can. He should have just asked for a trade before the season started. Let them go through a full rebuild. You know, that's my that's that's my opinion. Bynison, he has a lot of pride. He, the Manning name is synonymous in NFL lore. You know, but he should have just went on to another team, Jacksonville. Would have been a perfect spot for him, but even Jacksonville right now is um, struggling also. Now you don't know if Jacksonville's going to be selling or buying. They're three and five and don't look good doing it. Look, look like they're going the other way. Um, but like I said, the full rebuild is in process. They already traded away Snacks Harrison. They traded away Snacks Harrison. They traded away. Um, what was it traded away? Snacks Harrison and. 
I forgot the other guy's name. When I when I when I come to come up with it, I'll let you guys know. I totally forgot his name. They traded a few few pieces to the puzzle, and um, full rebuilds is in process. No matter what they tell you, no matter what the Giants tell you, that they're playing to win. Rebuilds in process. Rebuilds in process. They're trying to get that quarterback with the first round, the first round pick for next year. Um, now let's get to the Jets. The Jets lost to the Bears, uh, 24-10. Let me just hit you with the little stats here. Sam Darnold, 14 of 29, 153 yards and a TD. Isaiah Corral, 13 carries, 25 yards. Deontay Burnett, his um, roommate. His, I mean, not roommate, his former, his teammate with USC was leading receiver for the Jets with four receptions and 61 yards. And Herndon, their best receiver on the field that yesterday, only had one catch for 16 yards, which was which led to a TD. Um, also, with Mitchell Petrubisky on the Bears' side, went for 16 and 29, 220 yards and two TDs. Uh, Jordan Howard with 22 carries, 81 yards and a TD. Um, Tyreek Cohen. Uh, with a reception, a big uh, first quarter reception for 70 yards for a TD. Um, Taylor Gabriel with four receptions uh, and 52 yards. Anthony Miller with three receptions and 37 yards and a TD. And Joshua Bellamy with four receptions with 30 for 37 yards. Um, the one issue I had with the Jets in this game was a few things. Penalties on the offensive and defensive lines at critical junctures of the game. One glaring was um, Big Cat Williams. Uh, it was, in the, I believe, it was in the th- um, th- late third quarter. Um, he had a neutral zone infraction on a third and goal. Um, it was a big penalty because the gesture had just scored a touchdown. This made the score 17-10, and um, a, a big, t- a big point turnaround. It, it, it could have been 20 if they just hit, kicked the field. It would have been 20-10 instead of. Um, 24-10. I'm sorry if it was that 20. I'm trying to remember the game, but it led to a it led to a touchdown instead of a field goal. So that was a big, big, uh, a big penalty on that part. Also the offensive lineman. I seen um, Shell again with another false start at critical junction of the game, which made the a third and five turn to a third and long. It, it's just. Um, I saw some of the uh, press conference after the game, and Ray Lucas trying to defend Todd Bowles or whatnot. It was um, the coach's responsibility for the players that, that's, that's causing all these penalties, being on the line, or the players. I, in my opinion, is both. It's both. Guys got got out in the same situation. Uh, Khalil Mack was not playing, so who who, who on that Bears defense was going to really? Um, Scare you as far as the passers from the outside. They have some D tackles in the inside that could push pressure, but who who else on the outside could have done that? I thought this, it could have been a better better communication, uh, better better game planning that would have avoided um, the, the amount of pressure that Donald was getting, as well as the um, false starts that the offensive line had during that game. But keep in mind one thing: the Jets were without Quincy Nunwa. Lyle Powell's on IR for his neck injury. Um, Elijah McGuire hasn't come back yet from his ankles, ankle um, issue. He hasn't even been taken off the pub lift list yet. Robbie Anson was out, and also Tremaine Johnson was out on the defensive side of the ball. Even though the defense did play well, but critical junctions, they had some penalties, which I didn't like. I didn't like. I wasn't, didn't feel comfortable about that. 
And you know, as I'm listening to the um, the fan this morning, um, I tell you, Joe and um, Evan, they're going after Todd Bowles, man. I'm telling you, they want that man fired. They want him fired today. Today, they've been one to They've been one to have that guy fired since Buffalo. They just lost that 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 playoff that playing game for the playoffs in Buffalo many years ago. They want this man out of here. And, you know, I try to support my, my, like I said in the previous podcast, I mentioned it, Ty Bowles. I try to support him because he's a fellow um, African-American brother who deserves a chance. But by the same token, you got to win games. You got to win games. That's the bottom line. By the end of the days, you got to win games. If you're, if you're not winning games, guess what? You won't be here. And that's for anybody. That's for anybody with any, uh, forget about pigmentation or, or skin color. You gotta win. Gotta win. I think I think he should. Um, in my opinion, you can't ask for his firing yet until how he does the next two weeks. I think the next two weeks is critical for Todd Bowles. It's very critical. He got to win against the Dolphins. He got to win against the Bills to go into the and go into their bye at five and five. He has to. Because um, if you go four and if you go th- uh, three and seven or four and six, you know what? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be with Joe and Evan at, at the front of the line saying you need to be fired, Todd. I'm sorry to say that these are two winnable games right here that you you have to win. You should have beaten Miami the first the first time. To be honest with you, you should be in the first time. And the team, you got to bring a quarterback. You got to help the quarterback. You have to help the quarterback. He's a rookie. You got to create create um, schemes that will help him succeed. I see the the Jets offense. I thought it would be better than last year, but the Jets offense looks like the same as the year before. Just boring and predictable. If you can't do a screen pass, everyone everyone knows you're going to run the ball. Everyone knows you're going to do a crossing pattern. There's, there's no there's no excitement. There's no dy- dynamic play calling going on here. There's no exoticness to their particular offense. It looks like last year, like, like I said, last year and this year. I think Paul Hackett's office was much more um, dynamic than this office we have right here. And Paul Hackett, in my opinion, was not, was not a good offense coordinator. He was too conservative for me, but come on. At least he had some... Exciting plays, one or two. I haven't seen any exciting plays from Jeremy Bates. It looks like the same thing they had with Morton, with the offense creator Morton last year. Most important thing, too, you know, with these injuries to uh, Bilal Powell, the Jets need uh, another running back. They need to sign another running back. Nothing big. Just another body in there to help Crowell. Because Crowell's still not, uh, Isaiah Crowell's still not 100% with his ankle. They need somebody to take the burden off of him. Um, if it's not, if you don't sign, if you don't sign a running back, then you gotta trust Cannon to to, do, um, to, have, to have the carries. You gotta trust Cannon. I mean, you trust him a little bit, but you know what? Everyone's job is on the line here, so the coaches should do whatever it takes to maximize the talent that they still have left on this offense. I know you. I know they were you guys worked without Nunua. I know you guys without you. You were, you were without um, Robbie Anderson. I know that. But that doesn't mean you just fold up the tents and and, and and then squeeze the offense. Gotta do better. I gotta keep saying every week, gotta do better. 
So, like, I feel they should sign a running back, whoever it may be, whether it's Jamal Charles or some whoever, another body to ease the pressure off. To add some, add some di- uh, dynamic um, things to the offense. And, you know, you know the, next, the next draft, this coming draft for the NFL draft, just need to focus on pass rushers and receivers. That's what they shouldn't focus on. And, um... About to end this podcast right now, but I want to speak about, you know, this may maybe a good segue segue into my next um, episode about if I was Mets GM. Um, as you guys know, to all my Mets fans, the, the New York Mets has have hired Brody Vagnanen, former agent of CAA. He's the agent. He's formerly going to be the agent of Johannes Espedes, Jacob Degrom. And amongst a few other players on the jet, on the uh, New York Mets roster and organization, um, the press conference is today at 2:30. I'm going to try to um, watch a podcast. I mean, the uh, press conference. It's not. I'll probably watch a, a recording afterwards and give you my take on it, as well as my take if I was Mets GM. I'm kind of upset that I should have had this episode before they even did the hiring. So at least put my name in the hat. <laughs> so, like I said. I'm going to give you guys my opinion about the whole situation um, on my next podcast. And also, what if I, if I was Mets GM, what I would do to make this team competitive for the next 10 years? And um, I will definitely try to have this podcast out to you by either Thursday or Friday or even into the weekend. I will definitely will have this podcast out for you. All right. Once again, this podcast will be brought to you by um, Photos by Pascal. Hit up my sister. All your photo needs, um, portfolios, bar mitzvahs. Weddings, baby showers, bridal showers. She's the girl to do it. Definitely check out her um, her Instagram, Perfect Forty Three. See all the um, see all her photos. You know, get a glimpse of her work. Definitely give her a shout out on Instagram. Um, if you guys have any questions, any c- comments, definitely hit me up. This old, this video is a video app too, so I also will post this video on YouTube. Um, you guys can either uh, drop a comment on my uh, YouTube video or either hit me up on um, Instagram, Swag Lover, and just let me know who you are and I'll accept your message and, and see um, what your comments were for the podcast and things like that. I'm hopefully trying to set up a, a, a good email where you guys can contact me to the podcast. Uh, co- contact me with comments and any um, any other things you want to talk to me about. Criticism. I'll take criticisms. I don't care. Just a podcast. <laughs> If you guys want to be a co-host, definitely let me know, you know, make this on and popping. All right. So once again, it's your man, Big Dom, coming live and at you with the True Payers podcast, episode 15. It's 15 already. So I will definitely get you guys again later. Peace. with the Truth Players Podcast, episode number 15. Uh, we're going to talk about, we're going to recap the uh, Jets and Giants week 8. It wasn't a great week 8, week eight for both uh, New York teams. But before I get into those games, I'm going to speak about some uh, few things here. Start off with the uh, Red Sox winning the World Series in five games. My prediction came through. However, I thought it was going to be seven games, but it turned out to be five games. Um, I want to congrats the Red Sox on that. You know, David, David Price had a big hand in the... Uh, World Series victory going pitching to the eighth inning. 
Uh, he pitched pretty well after all the um, bad luck he had in previous um, playoff starts and um, relief appearances. I believe it was one in seven, I believe, in previous um, previous playoff appearances. But he got two big wins in the World Series, which propelled the Red Sox into becoming a world champion the fourth time in 15 years for the Red Sox. I guess this is the millennium for the Red Sox, you know. In the 1900s, they, they had to bring a curse in 2004 to win the championship. Now they won four in the past 15 years. Um, Kershaw gave up three home runs in the um, deciding game. You know, as great as he is in the regu- regular season, he always seems to fall during the playoffs for whatever reason, you know. But he's getting he's getting up there in age now, so I don't, this probably is his last shot to win the World Series. Uh, I don't think the, I don't think the Dodgers are going back there next year. I think another team from the National League is going to go back there. Um, it just goes to show you that um, baseball smarts, instincts, and execution can win, not analytics. And the Red Sox showed that in the series. Um, they actually showed it throughout the entire postseason. These guys put the bat on the ball. They don't strike out. They always make it a very hard out for all the pitches that they face throughout the playoffs. Which, you know, analytics can't, you know, teach you that. Analytics is all about launch angles and numbers and always looking for the... No. It's instincts, execution, baseball smarts. And um, Alex Cora pulled all the right strings throughout the playoffs, which enabled his team to... Um, win a championship. Once again, as you heard in my previous podcast, he should have been the best manager. But, you know, I'm going to leave that alone now. I think my point has been proven by the um, what the Red Sox did. So once again, congrats to the Boston Red Sox. I'm going to go crazy in Boston right now. I got family up there, so they're really excited about the victory. So, let's see Let's see what happens for next year. Let's see if the Red Sox can repeat. I think the Yankees are going to have a lot to say about that, if you ask me. Um, now, I want to look at the Knicks briefly. Um, the past two games, uh, yesterday they beat the Nets 115-96. Um, the game wasn't even close. I, I, the Nets went out to an early 11-3 lead, and from there, the Knicks just took over. Tim Hardaway Jr. once again dropped 25, I'm sorry, 24 points, 8 of 19 of shooting, 8 assists. Um, Enos Cannon off the bench with 16 points and 15 rebounds. Mitchell Robinson started for uh, Enos Cannon. Um, he dropped 11 points, but, you know, only three rebounds, you know. He could have played, you know, and grabbed more rebounds. You're a big guy. You should be able to grab at least seven or eight a game. But, like I said, he's young. He's just um, getting his foot foot wet in the NBA. Um, one thing about um, with uh, Fisdale, he changed the lineup before the Warriors game, which I'm going to talk about the Warriors game, too, and what it meant. Um the Warriors did beat the Knicks 128-100. Um, Kevin Durant drops um, 41 points on 17-24 shooting. And he scored 25 points in the fourth quarter. Let me tell you something. I think Durant is showing New York what it could be like to play, to wear that, to wear the New York Knicks uniform in 41 games at the Garden. Um, holding my breath. I'm not getting too hyped about him possibly coming to New York. But you can't help it. Sometimes the hype is there. Even um, kind of added to the uh, added to the hype, and his performance um, on Friday night's game. He also also added to the hype. Also, um, like I said, these guys he dropped a performance on the Garden. I'm like, it, it should work. He should come to New York. His mom can come see him all the time. New York is only a train ride or a bus ride away. So 
that that'd be great for him to come to New York and add to the team. Add to the team with Porzingis and Hardaway and um, Robinson and um, Trey Burke and all those young guys to show them how to win a, win a basketball game. I think they could, you know, be, if it, if it happens. Now it's a big if. If it happens, you, you could have a good team for the next six or seven years. Plus that lottery pick they're gonna, that you could, they're gonna have this year also. But let me just give you the stat line for that game. Draymond Green with 18 points, 7 of 8 um, with 6 assists. Steph Curry with 29 points, 10 of 18 shooting, 2 assists. Um, Tim Hardaway from Friday night against the uh, Warriors. Another 24-point game. 9 of 21 shooting, 4 assists. Anila Kina, 17 points, 2 assists. 6-11 from the field. And Damian Dotson dropped um, 12 points and 7 rebounds on 5 of 12 shooting. I, I like this guy, um, Damian Damian Dotson. I think he should get more more playing time, and um, and let them let the let him show, let him play and see what he can do in the NBA level. I seen him play a few games in the D League last year. And I was very impressed by him. Um, he can shoot. He can play some defense. He attacks the basket. You know, high energy player. You know, so I'm really excited about the direction of the team. You know, they're, gonna, they're not going to win a lot of games this year, but I just like the direction it's going towards. And I think uh, Fitzdale is the um, after ten games. Uh, is he the answer? I'm not sure yet. I'm not here. To, I'm not here to say that yet. But one thing the concerns be is even though he did mention he's not he's not playing to win games or he's not looking to win games. No matter what type of squad you have on the floor. You should instill in your players a winning atmosphere, a winning mentality. By you admitting that, even though we all know they're not going to win a lot of games, you don't want that mentality to seep into the players' heads and just think about just playing hard and, and not worry about winning. The, the, the bottom line is winning. That's the only thing that's the bottom line. Not playing hard and you lose. There's no moral victories. It's either you win or lose. And... Um, that's all I gotta say about that situation. But you know, Fizdale's doing a doing a good job of the team. Um, I was kind of concerned about the uh, lineup changes. He he took out Cantor as well as um, Trey Burke from the starting lineup, and I was kind of concerned about that. But you know, I, I see why he's doing it. And Little Kid is not playing the point guard, point, playing at the point guard position. You know, which he was drafted to do. And we'll see what happens. He, he played a few good games um, starting at the point guard. So, But I would like for him to get more assists and um, keep playing the good defense that I know he's capable of playing. And we'll see what happens, like I said. We'll see what happens. <clears throat> now, I want to briefly mention um, the Cleveland coaches, NFL and NBA, they got the axe today. Axe, um, actually, not today, but yesterday. Teron Lou of the Cavaliers. And Hugh, Hall, uh, Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley both got fired from Cleveland Browns. Um, I thought Todd Haley was going to take over as a coach, but he got fired too. But you know, if you're going to make a change, like if you're if you're, if you're intentions to make a change, you should have done it before the season started, before they even started the preseason. There's no reason to drag this on and. There's no reason to drag it on and, and do that to people when they five in the mid-seasons. It's like firing someone in the middle at the end of their shift. Come on. Just do it before it even happens and move on. You know, so... <clears throat> don't mind me and my cup. It's just, just water, not liquor. 
so that, that's what I feel about the situation. But now let's go to the nitty-gritty of my um, podcast for today. The Giants and Jets losing this past week. Uh, twofold on... Um, uh, twofold, I, I would say, for the Giants. Um, first things first, the Giants... Let's go, let's go with the stats here. We got uh, Alex Smith, 20 for 32, 178 yards, and a TD. Um, Adrian Peterson with 26 carries, 148 yards, a TD. He, but but in the fourth quarter, he sealed the game open, sealed the sealed the game closed with a 64-yard TD run when the Giants was trying to make a late run. And um, also we have um, Eli Manning going for 30 for 47 for 316 yards, a TD, but he turned the ball over. Two interceptions. This team's not good enough to overcome the, the interceptions. And um, he has to, you know, cut that down a lot. Beckham, he had eight receptions for 136 yards, um, plus his his uh, patented two two one-handed catches over Josh Norman. You know, I'm, I mean, one-handed catches don't impress me. I'm, what impresses me is W's and looking good. And whatever, however you get the W, whether you look good, or look bad, I'm in I'm in only concerned about W's. And right now the Giants are one and seven. We could do it without the one one-handed catches. All right, I'll, I'll, tr- I'll trade those 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 two one-handed catches for at least to have a record lease of uh, five and five. I'm sorry, not five and five, but um, four and four. Be somewhere close to contention for a playoff spot. Um, Saquon Barkley, 13 carries, 38 yards, but he had nine receptions for 73 yards. But he got to get this man the ball, no matter how, no no matter what, they have to get the, get this man the ball, whether it's behind, um, handing it, handing it off to him or or. Um, or, th- or throwing up, throwing them passes and things like that. The one thing I did notice about the game when I really caught the game is when he tr- when he tries to run between the tackles, he's having a difficult time doing that. Um, is it the offensive line or is it him or it's just something? It's something that's just missing. I, I think it has to go back to the offensive line most definitely. It has to go back to them. They have to do a better job of opening holes and make sure he um, gets those bursts. Like he had early in the season. So, like I said, the Giants go ahead into the bye week, one and seven. What to do if I was um, Shermer? What to do? He said he's sticking with Eli. We'll see how long that lasts. If I was Eli, I would, I would request a trade before the, te- before the deadline today. Or whenever the deadline is up. You know, this guy deserves better. He's, he's already won two Super Bowls. Um, he did what he did for the. He did what he could for the Giants in his years of being here. He's been here since 2005. So he did what he can. He should have just asked for a trade before the season started. Let them go through a full rebuild. You know, that's my that's that's my opinion. But I understand he has a lot of pride. He, the Manning name is synonymous in NFL lore. You know, but he should have just went on to another team, Jacksonville. Would have been a perfect spot for him, but even Jacksonville right now is um, struggling also. Now you don't know if Jacksonville's going to be selling or buying. They're three and five and don't look good doing it. Look, look like they're going the other way. Um, but like I said, the full rebuild is in process. They already traded away Snacks Harrison. They traded away Snacks Harrison. They traded away. Um, What's it traded away? Snacks Harrison and I forgot the other guy's name. When I when I gonna come to come up with, I'll let you guys know. I've totally forgot his name. They traded a few few pieces to the puzzle, and um, full rebuilds is in process. No matter what they tell you, no matter what the Giants tell you, 
they playing to win. Rebuilds in process. Rebuilds in process. They're trying to get that quarterback with the first round, the first round pick for next year. Um, now let's get to the Jets. The Jets lost to the Bears, uh, 24-10. Let me just hit you with the little stats here. Sam Darnold, 14 of 29, 153 yards and a TD. Isaiah Corral, 13 carries, 25 yards. Deontay Burnett, his um, roommate. His, I mean, not roommate, his, former, his teammate with USC, was leading receiver for the Jets with four receptions and 61 yards. And Herndon, their best receiver on the field that yesterday, only had one catch for 16 yards, which was which led to a TD. Um, also, with Mitchell Petrubisky on the Bears side, went for 16 and 29, 220 yards and two TDs. Uh, Jordan Howard with 22 carries, 81 yards and a TD. Um, Tyreek Cohen. Uh, with a reception, a big uh, first quarter reception for 70 yards for a TD. Um, Taylor Gabriel with four receptions uh, and 52 yards. Anthony Miller with three receptions and 37 yards and a TD. And Joshua Bellamy with four receptions with 30 for 37 yards. Um, the one issue I had with the Jets in this game was a few things. Penalties on the offensive and defensive lines at critical junctures of the game. One glaring was um, Big Cad Williams. Uh, it was, in the, I believe, it was in the th- um, th- late third quarter. Um, he had a neutral zone infraction on a third and goal. Um, it was a big penalty because the gesture had just scored a touchdown. This made the score 17-10, and um, a, a big, t- a big point turnaround. It, it, it could have been 20 if they just hit the kick the field. It would have been 20-10 instead of. Um, 24-10. I'm sorry. If it was that 20, I'm trying to remember the game. But it led to a it led to a touchdown instead of a field goal. So that was a big, big, uh, a big penalty on that part. Also the offensive lineman. I seen um, Shell again with another false start at critical junction of the game, which made the a third and five turn to a third and long. It, it's just. Um, I saw some of the uh, press conference after the game, and Ray Lucas trying to defend Todd Bowles or whether or not it was um, the coach's responsibility for the players that, that's, that's causing all these penalties, being on this the line or the players. Uh, in my opinion, it's both. It's both. Guys got, got out in the same situation. Uh, Khalil Mack was not playing, so who, who, who on that Bears defense was going to really um, – Scare you as far as a pass rush from the outside. They have some D tag D tackles in the inside that can push pressure, but who who else on the outside could have done that? I thought this it could have been a better better communication, uh, better better game planning that would have avoided um, the, the amount of pressure that Donald was getting, as well as the um, false starts that the offensive line had during that game. But keep in mind one thing: the Jets were without Quincy Nunwa. Lyle Powell's on IR for his neck injury. Um, Elijah McGuire hasn't come back yet from his ankles, ankle um, issue. He hasn't even been taken off the pub lift list yet. Robbie Anson was out, and also Tremaine Johnson was out on the defensive side of the ball. Even though the defense did play well, but critical junctions, they had some penalties, which I didn't like. I didn't like. I wasn't didn't feel comfortable about that. And, you know, as I'm listening to the, um, the fan this morning, um, tell you, Joe and um, Evan, they're going after Todd Bowles, man, I'm telling you. They want that man fired. They want him fired today. Today. 
they've been one of the they've been one of the guys that got fired since Buffalo. This was lost that 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 playoff that playing game for the playoffs in Buffalo many years ago. They want this man out of here. But you know, I try to support my my like I said in the previous podcast, I mentioned him, Ty Bowles. I try to support him because a fellow um, African American brother deserve a chance. But by the same token, you gotta win games. You gotta win games. That's the bottom line. But in the days, you gotta win games. If you're not winning games, guess what? You won't be here. And that's for anybody. That's for anybody with any... Uh, forget about pigmentation or, or skin color. You got to win. Got to win. I think I think he should... Um, in my opinion, you can't ask for his firing yet until how he does the next two weeks. I think the next two weeks is critical for Todd Bowles. It's very critical. He got to win against the Dolphins. He got to win against the Bills to go into the and go into their bye at five and five. He has to because um, if you go four and if you go th- uh, three and seven or four and six, you know what? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be with Joe and Evan at, at the front of the line saying you need to be fired, Todd. I'm sorry to say that. These are two winnable games right here that you, you have to win. You should have beaten Miami the first, the first time, to be honest with you. You should have beaten the first time. And the team, you got to bring a quarterback. You got to help the quarterback. You have to help the quarterback. He's a rookie. You got to create, create um, schemes that will help him succeed. I see the, the the Jets offense. I thought it would be better than last year, but the Jets offense looks like the same as the year before. Just boring and predictable. If you can't do a screen pass, everyone know, everyone knows you're going to run the ball. Everyone knows you're going to do a crossing pattern. There's there's no there's no excitement. There's no dy- dynamic play calling going on here. There's no exoticness to their particular offense. It looks like last year, like, like I said, last year and this year. I think Paul Hackett's offense was much more. Um, Dynamic than this office we have right here, and Paul Hackett, in my opinion, was not a, was not a good offense coordinator. He was too conservative for me. But come on, at least he had some exciting plays, one or two. I haven't seen any exciting plays from Jeremy Bates. It looks like the same thing they had with Morton with the offense creator Morton last year. Most important thing too, you know, with these injuries to uh, Bilal Powell. The Jets need a, uh, another running back. Need to sign another running back. Nothing big. Just another body in there to help Crowell because Crowell still not uh, Isaiah Crowell's not still not 100 with his ankle. You need somebody to take the burden off of him. Um, if it's not, if you don't sign, if you don't sign a running back, then you gotta trust Cannon to to, do, um, to, have, to have the carries. You gotta trust Cannon. I mean, trust him a little bit, but you know what? Everyone's job is on the line here, so the coaches should do whatever it takes to. Maximize the talent that they still have left on this offense. I know you. I know they were you guys worth without Nunua. I know you guys without you. You, out, were, you were without um, Robbie Anderson. I know that, but that doesn't mean you just fold up the tents and and, and and then squeeze the offense. Gotta do better. Like I keep saying every week, gotta do better. So, like, I feel they should sign a running back, whoever it may be, whether it's Jamal Charles or some whoever, another body to ease the pressure off. That's some di- add some di- uh, dynamic um, 
things to the offense. And, you know, you know the next the next draft, this coming draft for the NFL draft, just need to focus on pass rushers and receivers. That's what they shouldn't focus on. And um, about to end this podcast right now, but I want to speak about, you know, this may maybe a good segue segue into my next um, episode about if I was Mets GM. Um, as you guys know, to all my Mets fans, the, the New York Mets has have hired Brody Vagnanen, former agent of CAA. He's the agent. He's formerly going to be the agent of Johannes Espedes, Jacob Degrom, and amongst a few other players on the Jet, on the uh, New York Mets roster and organization. Um, the press conference is today at two thirty. I'm going to try to um, watch a podcast. I mean, the uh, press conference. It's not. I'll probably watch a, a recording afterwards and give you my take on it, as well as my take if I was Mets GM. I'm kind of upset. I should have had this episode before they even did the hiring. So at least put my name in the hat. <laughs> so, like I said, I'm gonna give you guys my opinion about the whole situation um, on my next podcast, and also what if I, if I was Mets GM, what I would do to make this team competitive for the next ten years. And um, I will definitely try to have this podcast out to you by either Thursday or Friday, or even into the weekend. I will definitely will have this podcast out for you. All right. Once again, this podcast has been brought to you by um, Photos by Pascal. Hit up my sister. All your photo needs, um, portfolios, bar mitzvahs, weddings, baby showers, bridal showers. She's the girl to do it. Definitely check out her um, her Instagram, Perfect. 43. See all the um, see all her photos, you know. Get a glimpse of her work. Definitely give her a shout out on Instagram. Um, if you guys have any questions, any c- comments, definitely hit me up. This old this video is a video app too. So I also will post this video on YouTube. Um, you guys can either uh, drop a comment on my uh, YouTube video or either hit me up on um, Instagram, Swag Lover, and just let me know who you are. And I'll accept your message and, and see um, what your comments were for the podcast and things like that. I'm hopefully trying to set up a, a, a good email where you guys can contact me to the podcast. Uh, co- contact me with comments and any um, any other things you want to talk to me about. Criticism. I'll take criticisms. I don't care. Just a podcast. <laughs> if you guys want to be a co-host, definitely let me know. You know, make this on and popping. All right, so... Once again, it's your man, Big Dom, coming live and at you with the True Payers Podcast, episode 15. It's 15 already. So I'll definitely hit you guys again later. Peace. with the Truth Players Podcast, episode number 15. Uh, we're going to talk about, we're going to recap the uh, Jets and Giants week 8. It wasn't a great week 8, week eight for both uh, New York teams. But before I get to those games, I'm going to speak about some uh, few things here. Start off with the uh, Red Sox winning the World Series in five games. My prediction came through. However, I thought it was going to be seven games, but it turned out to be five games. Um, I want to congrats the Red Sox on that. You know, David Price had a big hand in the... Uh, World Series victory going, pitching to the eighth inning. I uh, pitched pretty well after all the um, bad luck he had in previous um, playoff starts and um, relief appearances. I believe it was one in seven, I believe, in previous um, 
previous playoff appearances, but he got two big wins in the World Series, which propelled the Red Sox into becoming a world champion the fourth time in 15 years for the Red Sox. I guess this is the millennium for the Red Sox, you know. In the 1900s, they, they had to break a curse in 2004 to win the championship. Now they won four in the past 15 years. Um, Kershaw gave up three home runs in the um, deciding game. You know, as great as he is in the reg- regular season, he always seems to fold during the playoffs for whatever reason, you know. But he's getting he's getting up there in age now, so I don't, this probably is his last shot to win the World Series. Uh, I don't think the, I don't think the Dodgers are going back there next year. I think another team from the National League is going to go back there. Um, it just goes to show you that um, baseball smarts, instincts, and execution can win, not analytics. And the Red Sox showed that in the series. Um, they actually showed it throughout the entire postseason. These guys put the bat on the ball. They don't strike out. They always make it a very hard out for all the pitches that they face throughout the playoffs. Which, you know, analytics can't, you know, teach you that. Analytics is all about launch angles and numbers and always looking for the... No. It's instincts, execution, baseball smarts. And um, Alex Cora pulled all the right strings throughout the playoffs, which enabled his team to... Um, win a championship. Once again, as you heard in my previous podcast, he should have been the Mets manager. But, you know, I'm going to leave that alone now. I think my point has been proven by the um, what the Red Sox did. So once again, congrats to the Boston Red Sox. I don't going to go crazy in Boston right now. I got family up there, so they're really excited about the victory. So, let's see Let's see what happens for next year. Let's see if the Red Sox can repeat. I think the Yankees are going to have a lot to say about that, if you ask me. Um, now, I want to look at the Knicks briefly. Um, the past two games, uh, yesterday they beat the Nets 115-96. Um, the game wasn't even close. I, I, the Nets went out to an early 11-3 lead, and from there, the Knicks just took over. Tim Hardaway Jr. once again dropped 25, I'm sorry, 24 points, 8 of 19 of shooting, 8 assists. Um, Enos Cannon off the bench with 16 points and 15 rebounds. Mitch Robinson started for uh, Enos Cannon. Um, he dropped 11 points, but, you know, only three rebounds, you know. He could have played, you know, grab more rebounds. You're a big guy. You should be able to grab at least seven or eight a game. But, like I said, he's young. He's just um, getting his foot foot wet in the NBA. Um, one thing about um, with uh, Fisdale, he changed the lineup before the Warriors game, which I'm going to talk about the Warriors game, too, and what it meant. Um, the Warriors did beat the Knicks 128-100. Um, Kevin Durant drops um, 41 points on 17-24 shooting, and he scored 25 points in the fourth quarter. Let me tell you something. I think Durant is showing New York what it could be like to play to wear that to wear the New York Knicks uniform in 41 games at the Garden. Um, holding my breath, I'm not getting too hyped about him possibly coming to New York, but you can't help it. Sometimes the hype is there. Even um, kind of added to the uh, added to the hype, and his performance um, on Friday night's game. He also also add to the hype. Also, um, like I said, these guys he dropped a performance in the Garden. And I'm like, it, it should work. He should come to New York. His mom can come see him all the time. New York is only a train ride or a bus ride away. So that that'd be great for him to come to New York and add to the team. Add to the team with Porzingis and Hardaway and um, Robinson and um, Trey Burke 
and all those young guys to show them how to win a, win a basketball game. I think they could, you know, be, if, it, if it happens, now it's a big if. If it happens, you could have a good team for the next six or seven years, plus that lottery pick they're gonna, that you, they're going to have this year also. But let me just give you the stat line for that game. Draymond Green with 18 points, 7 of 8, um, with 6 assists. Steph Curry with 29 points, 10 of 18 shooting, 2 assists. Um, Tim Hardaway from Friday night against the uh, Warriors, another 24-point game, 9 of 21 shooting, 4 assists. Anilakina, 17 points, 2 assists, 6-11 from the field. And Damian Dotson dropped um, 12 points and 7 rebounds on 5 of 12 shooting. I, I like this guy, um, Damian, Damian Dotson. I think he should get more more playing time. And... Um, and let them let the let him show, let him play and see what he can do in the NBA level. I seen him play a few games in the D League last year. And I was very impressed by him. Um, he can shoot. He can play some defense. He attacks the basket. You know, high energy player. You know, so I'm really excited about the direction of the team. You know, they're, gonna, they're not going to win a lot of games this year, but I just like the direction it's going towards. And I think uh, Fitzdale is the um, after. 10 games is he the answer I'm not sure yet I'm not here to, I'm not here to say that yet but one thing the concerns be is even though he did mention he's not he's not playing to win games or he's not looking to win games no matter what type of squad you have on the floor you should instill in your players a winning atmosphere winning mentality by you admitting that even though we all know they're not going to win a lot of games you don't want that mentality to seep into the players heads and just Think about just playing hard and, and not worry about winning. The, the, the bottom line is winning. That's the only thing that's the bottom line. Not playing hard and you lose. There's no more victories. It's either you win or lose. And um, that's all I got to say about that situation. But, you know, Fisdale's doing a, doing a good job with the team. Um, I was kind of concerned about the uh, lineup changes. He, he took out Cantor as well as um, Trey Burke from the starting lineup. And I was kind of concerned about that, but you know, I, I see why he's doing it. And Nil is not playing the point guard, point, playing at the point guard position, you know, which he was drafted to do. And we'll see what happens. He, he played a few good games, um, starting at the point guard. So, but I would like for him to get more assists and um, keep playing the good defense that I know he's capable of playing. And we'll see what happens. Like I said, we'll see what happens. <clears throat> now, I want to briefly mention. Um, the Cleveland coaches, NFL and NBA, they got the axe today. Axe, um, actually not today, but yesterday. Teron Lou of the Cavaliers and Hugh, Hall, uh, Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley. Both got fired from Cleveland Browns. Um, I thought Todd Haley was going to take over as a coach, but he got fired too. But, you know, if you're going to make a change, like if you're, if you're, if you're intentions to make a change... Should have done it before the season started, before they even started the preseason. There's no reason to drag this on, and there's no reason to drag it on and, and do that to people when they five in the mid-seasons. It's like firing someone in the middle at the end of their shift. Come on, just do it before it even happens and move on. You know, so <clears throat> don't mind me and my cup is just just water, not liquor. <laughs> So that, that's what I feel about the situation. But now let's go to the nitty-gritty of my um, podcast for today. The Giants and Jets losing this past week. Uh, two-fold on... Um, uh, two-fold, I, I would say, for the Giants. 
Um, first things first, the Giants. Let's go. Let's go with the stats here. We got uh, Alex Smith, 20 for 32, 178 yards and TD. Um, Adrian Peterson with 26 carries, 148 yards, a TD. He, but but in the fourth quarter, he sealed the game. Sealed the sealed the game closed with a 64-yard TD run when the Giants was trying to make a late run. And um, also we have um, Eli Manning going for 30 for 47 for 316 yards, a TD, but he turned the ball over. Two interceptions. This team's not good enough to overcome the, the interceptions, and um, he has to you know cut that down a lot. Beckham, he had eight receptions for 136 yards, um, plus his his uh, patented two two one-handed catches over Josh Norman. You know, I'm, I mean, one-handed catches don't impress me. I'm, what impresses me is W's and looking good. And whatever, however you get the W, whether you look good, or look bad, I'm in. The, I'm in only concerned about W's. And right now the Giants are one and seven. We could do without the one one-handed catches. All right, I'll, I'll, tra- I'll trade those 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 two one-handed catches for at least to have a record at least of uh, five and five. I'm sorry, not five and five, but um, four and four. Be somewhere close to contention for a playoff spot. Um, Saquon Barkley, 13 carries, 38 yards, but he had nine receptions for 73 yards. But he got to get this man the ball. No matter how, no, no matter what, they have to get the, get this man the ball, whether it's behind, um, handing it, handing it off to him, or or, um, or, th- or throwing up throwing him passes and things like that. The one thing I did notice about the game when I really caught the game is when he tr- when he tries to run between the tackles, he's having a difficult time doing that. Um, is it the offensive line, or is it him, or it's just something? It's something that's just missing. I I think it has to go back to the offensive line. Most definitely. Has to go back to them. They have to do a better job of opening holes and make sure he um, gets those bursts like he had early in the season. So, like I said, the Giants go ahead into the bye week, 1-7. What to do if I was um, Shermer? What to do? He said he's sticking with Eli. We'll see how long that lasts. If I was Eli, I would, I would request a trade before the, t- before the deadline today. But whenever the deadline is up, you know this guy deserves better. He's, he's already won two Super Bowls. Um, he did what he did for the he did what he could for the Giants in his years of being here. He's been here since 2005. So he did what he can. He should just ask for a trade before the season started. Let them go through a full rebuild. You know, that's my that's that's my opinion. Bynison, he has a lot of pride. He, the Manning name is synonymous in NFL lore. But he should have just went on to another team. Jacksonville would have been a perfect spot for him. But even Jacksonville right now is um, struggling also. Now, you don't know if Jacksonville is going to be selling or buying. They're 3-5 and five and don't look good doing it. Look, look like they're going the other way. Um, but like I said, the full rebuild is in process. They already traded away Snacks Harrison. They traded away Snacks Harrison. They traded away... Um, what was it traded away? Snacks Harrison and I forgot the other guy's name. When I when I when I come to come up with, I'll let you guys know. I totally forgot his name. They traded a few few pieces to the puzzle, and um, full rebuilding isn't process. No matter what they tell you, no matter what the Giants tell you, that they're playing to win. Rebuilding process. Rebuilding process. They're trying to get that quarterback with the first round the first round pick for next year. Um, now let's get to the Jets. The Jets lost to the Bears, uh, 24-10. Uh, 
Let me just hit you with the little stats here. Sam Darnold, 14 of 29, 153 yards and a TD. Isaiah Corral, 13 carries, 25 yards. Deontay Burnett, his um, roommate, his, I mean, not roommate, his, former, his teammate with USC, was leading receiver for the Jets with four receptions and 61 yards. And Herndon, their best receiver on the field that yesterday, only had one catch for 16 yards, which, was, which led to a TD. Um, also, with Mitchell Petrubisky on the Bears side, went for 16 and 29, 220 yards, and two TDs. Uh, Jordan Howard with 22 carries, 81 yards, and a TD. Um, Tyreek Cohen uh, with a reception, a big uh, first quarter reception for 70 yards for a TD. Um, Taylor Gabriel with four receptions uh, and 52 yards. Anthony Miller with three receptions, 37 yards, and a TD. And Joshua Bellamy with four receptions with 30 for 37 yards. Um, the one issue I had with the Jets in this game was a few things. Penalties on the offensive and defensive lines at critical junctures of the game. One glaring was um, Big Cad Williams. Uh, it was, in the, I believe it was in the th- um, th- late third quarter. Um, he had a neutral zone infraction on a third and goal. It was a big penalty because the Jets had just scored a touchdown. This made the score 17-10. And um, a, a big t- a big point turnaround. It, it, it could have been 20. If they just hit the kick, the field could have been 20-10 instead of um, 24-10. I'm sorry. If it was that 20, I'm trying to remember the game. But it led to a, it led to a touchdown instead of a field goal. So that was a big, big... Uh, a big penalty on that part. Also, the offensive lineman. I seen um, Shell again with another false start at critical junction of the game, which made the a third and five turn to a third and long. It, it's just um, I saw some of the uh, press conference after the game, and Ray Lewis trying to defend Todd Bowles or whether or not it was um, the coach's responsibility for the players that that's, that's causing all these penalties, being on the line or the players. Uh, in my opinion, it's both. Is both guys got got in the same situation? Uh, Khalil Mack was not playing, so who who, who on that Bears defense was going to really um, scare you as far as the passers from the outside? They have some D tag D tackles in the inside that could push pressure, but who who else on the outside could have done that? I thought this, it could have been a better better communication, uh, better better game planning that would have avoided um, the, the amount of pressure that Donald was getting as well as the um, false starts that the offensive line had during that game. But keep in mind one thing. The Jets were without Quincy Nunua, without Powell's on IR for his neck injury. Um, Elijah Maguire hasn't come back yet from his ankles, ankle um, issue. He hasn't been taken off the pub lift list yet. Rob Anson was out, and also Tremaine Johnson was out on the defensive side of the ball. Even though the defense did play well, but critical junctions, they had some penalties, which I didn't like. I didn't like. I wasn't didn't feel comfortable about that. And you know, as I'm listening to the um, the fan this morning, um, I'll tell you, Joe and um, Evan, they're going after Todd Bowles, man. I'm telling you, they want that man fired. They want him fired today. Today, they've been one to They've been one to have that guy fired since Buffalo. They just lost that 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 playoff that playing game for the playoffs in Buffalo many years ago. They want this man out of here. You know, I try to support my, my like I said in the previous podcast, I mentioned in Ty Bowles. I try to support because he's a fellow um, African American brother who deserves a chance. 
but by the same token, you gotta win games. You gotta win games. That's the bottom line. By the end of the days, you gotta win games. If you're, if you're not winning games, guess what? You won't be here. And that's for anybody. That's for anybody with any, uh, forget about pigmentation or, or skin color. You gotta win. Gotta win. I think I think he should. Um, in my opinion, you can't ask for his firing yet until how he does next two weeks. I think the next two weeks is critical for Todd Bowles. It's very critical. He got to win against the Dolphins. He got to win against the Bills to go into the and go into their bye at five and five. He has to because um, if you go. Four and if you go th- uh, three and seven or four and six, you know what? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be with Joe and Evan at, at the front of the line saying you need to be fired, Todd. I'm sorry to say that. These are two winnable games right here that you you have to win. You should have beaten Miami the first the first time. To be honest with you, should be in the first time. And the team, you got to bring a quarterback. You got to help the quarterback. You have to help the quarterback. He's a rookie. You got to create create um, schemes that will help him succeed. I see the, the Jets offense, I thought it would be better than last year, but the Jets offense looks like the same as the year before. Just boring and predictable. If you can't do a screen pass, everyone, know, everyone knows you're going to run the ball. Everyone knows you're going to do a crossing pattern. There's, there's no there's no excitement. There's no dy- dynamic play calling going on here. There's no exoticness to their particular offense. It looks like last year, like, like I said, last year and this year. I think Paul Hackett's office was much more um, dynamic than this office we have right here. And Paul Hackett, in my opinion, was not, a, was not a good offense coordinator. He was too conservative for me, but come on. At least he had some exciting plays, one or two. I haven't seen any exciting plays from Jeremy Bates. It looks like the same thing they had with Morton, with the offense creator Morton last year. Most important thing, too, you know, with these injuries to uh, Bilal Powell, the Jets need uh, another running back. need to sign another running back. Nothing big. Just another body in there to help Crowell. Because Crowell's still not, uh, Isaiah Crowell's still not 100% with his ankle. You need somebody to take the burden off of him. Um, if it's not, if you don't sign, if you don't sign a running back, then you gotta trust Cannon to to, do, um, to, have, to have the carries. I trust Cannon. I mean, trust him a little bit, but you know what? Everyone's job is on the line here, so the coaches should do whatever it takes to maximize the talent that they still have left on this offense. I know you. I know they were you guys worth without Nunua. I know you guys without you. You, out, you were without um, Robbie Anderson. I know that. But that doesn't mean you just fold up the tents and and, and and then squeeze the offense. Gotta do better. I gotta keep saying every week, gotta do better. So like I feel they should start a running back, whoever it may be, whether it's Jamal Charles or some whoever, another body to ease the pressure off. To add some, di- add some di- uh, dynamic um, things to the offense. And, you know, you know the next the next draft, this coming draft for the NFL draft, just need to focus on pass rushers and receivers. That's what they should focus on. And um, 
about to end this podcast right now, but I want to speak about, you know, this may maybe a good segue segue into my next um, episode about if I was Mets GM. Um, as you guys know, to all my Mets fans, the, the New York Mets has have hired Brody Vagnanen, former agent of CAA. He's the agent. He's formerly going to be the agent of Joanna Cespedes, Jacob Degrom, and amongst a few other players on the Jet, on the uh, New York Mets roster and organization. Um, the press conference is today at two thirty. I'm going to try to um, watch a podcast. I mean, the uh, press conference. It's not. I'll probably watch a, a recording afterwards and give you my take on it, as well as my take if I was Mets GM. I'm kind of upset. I should have had this episode before they even did the hiring. So at least put my name in the hat. <laughs> so, like I said, I'm going to give you guys my opinion about the whole situation um, on my next podcast. And also, what if I, if I was Mets GM, what I would do to make this team competitive for the next 10 years? And um, I will definitely try to have this podcast out to you by either Thursday or Friday or even into the weekend. I will definitely will have this podcast out for you. All right. Once again, this podcast has been brought to you by um, Photos by Pascal. Hit up my sister. All your photo needs, um, portfolios, bar mitzvahs, weddings, baby showers, bridal showers. She's the girl to do it. Definitely check out her um, her Instagram, Perfect43. See all the um, see all her photos. You know, get a glimpse of her work. Definitely give her a shout out on Instagram. Um, if you guys have any questions, any c- comments, definitely hit me up. This old, this video is a video app too, so I also will post this video on YouTube. Um, you guys can either uh, drop a comment on my uh, YouTube video, or either hit me up on um, Instagram, Swag Lover, and just let me know who you are, and I'll accept your message and, and see um, what your comments were for the podcast. And things like that. I'm hopefully trying to set up a, a, a good email where you guys can contact me to the podcast. Uh, co- contact me with comments and any um, any other things you want to talk to me about. Criticism. I'll take criticisms. I don't care. Just a podcast. <laughs> if you guys want to be a co-host, definitely let me know. You know, make this on and popping. All right. So once again, it's your man Big Dom coming live and at you with the True Payers Podcast, episode 15. It's 15 already. So I will definitely get you guys again later. Peace. What's good, everybody? It's your man, Big Dog, coming live now at you with the Truth Players Podcast, episode number 15. Uh, we're gonna talk about. We're gonna recap the uh, Jets and Giants week eight. It wasn't a great week eight. Week eight for both uh, New York teams. But before I get into those games, I'm gonna speak about some a uh, few things here. Start off with the uh, Red Sox winning the World Series in five games. My prediction came through. However, I thought it was gonna be seven games, but it turned out to be five games. Um, I want to congrats the Red Sox on that. You know, David Price had a big hand in the uh, World Series victory, going pitching to the eighth inning. I pitched pretty well after all the um, bad luck he had in previous um, playoff starts and um, relief appearances. I believe it was one in seven, I believe, in previous um, previous playoff appearances. But he got two big wins in the World Series, which propelled the Red Sox into becoming a world champion the fourth time in 15 years for the Red Sox. I guess this is the millennium for the Red Sox, you know. 
1900s, they, they had to break a curse in 2004 to win the championship. Now they won four in the past 15 years. Um, Kershaw gave up three home runs in the um, deciding game. You know, as great as he is in the reg- regular season, he always seems to fold during the playoffs for whatever reason. You know, but he's getting he's getting up there in age now. So I don't, this probably is his last shot to win the World Series. Uh, I don't think the, I don't think the Dodgers are going back there next year. I think another team from the National League is going to go back there. Um, it just goes to show you that um, baseball smarts, instincts, execution can win, not analytics. And the Red Sox showed that in the series. Um, they actually showed it throughout the entire postseason. These guys put the bat on the ball. They don't strike out. They always make it a very hard out for all the pitches that they face throughout the playoffs, which, you know, analytics can't, you know, teach you that. Analytics is all about launch angles and numbers and always looking for the... No. It's instincts, execution, baseball smarts, and um, Alex Cora pulled all the right strings throughout the playoffs, which enabled his team to um, win the championship. Once again, as you heard in my previous podcast, he should have been the best manager. But, you know, I'm going to leave that alone now. I think my point has been proven by the um, what the Red Sox did. So once again, congrats to the Boston Red Sox. They're going to go crazy in Boston right now. I got family up there, so they're really excited about the victory. So let's see, let's see what happens for next year. Let's see if the Red Sox can repeat. I think the Yankees are going to have a lot to say about that, if you ask me. Um, now, I want to look at the Knicks briefly. Um, the past two games, uh, yesterday they beat the Nets 115-96. Um, the game wasn't even close. I, I, the Nets went out to an early 11-3 lead, and from there, the Knicks just took over. Tim Hardaway Jr. once again dropped 25, I'm sorry, 24 points, 8 of 19 of shooting, 8 assists. Um, Enos Cannon off the bench with 16 points and 15 rebounds. Mitch Robinson started for uh, Enos Cannon. Um, he dropped 11 points, but, you know, only 3 rebounds, you know. He could have played, you know, grab more rebounds. You're a big guy. You should be able to grab at least 7 or 8 a game. But, like I said, he's young. He's just um, getting his foot, foot wet in the NBA. Um, one thing about um, with uh, Fisdale, he changed the lineup before the Warriors game, which I'm going to talk about the Warriors game too and what it meant. Um, the Warriors did beat the Knicks 128-100. Kevin Durant drops um, 41 points on 17-24 shooting, and he scored 25 points in the fourth quarter. Let me tell you something. I think Durant is showing New York what it could be like to play, to wear that, to wear the New York Knicks uniform in 41 games at the Garden. Um, holding my breath, I'm not getting too hyped about him possibly coming to New York, but you can't help it. Sometimes the hype is there. Even um, kind of added to the added to the hype, and his performance um, on Friday night's game he also also added to the hype. Also, um, like I said. These guys, he dropped a performance in the garden, and I'm like, it, it should work. He should come to New York. His mom can come see him all the time. New York is only a train ride or a bus ride away. So that that would be great for him to come to New York and add to the team. The, the, add to the team of Porzingis and Hardaway and um, Robinson and um, Trey Burke. And all those young guys to show them how to win a, win a basketball game. I think they could, you know, be, if, it, if it happens. Now, it's a big if. If it happens, 
you could have a good team for the next six or seven years, plus that lottery pick they're gonna, that you, they're going to have this year also. But let me just give you the stat line for that game. Draymond Green with 18 points, 7 of 8, um, with 6 assists. Steph Curry with 29 points, 10 of 18 shooting, 2 assists. Um, Tim Hardaway from Friday night against the uh, Warriors, another 24-point game. 9 of 21 shooting, 4 assists. Anila Kina, 17 points, 2 assists. 6-11 from the field, and Damian Dotson dropped um, 12 points and 7 rebounds on 5-12 shooting. I, I like this guy, um, Damian, Damian Dotson. I think he should get more more playing time, and um, and let them let the let him show, let him play and see what he can do in the NBA level. I seen him play a few games in the D League last year. And I was very impressed by him. Um, he can shoot, he can play some defense, he attacks the basket. You know, high energy player. You know, so. I'm really excited about the direction of the team. They're not going to win a lot of games this year, but I like the direction it's going towards. And I think uh, Fitzdale is the, um, after 10 games, is he the answer? I'm not sure yet. I'm not here to, I'm not here to say that yet. But one thing that concerns me is even though he did mention he's not, he's not playing to win games or he's not looking to win games, no matter what type of squad you have on the floor, you should instill in your players a winning atmosphere, winning mentality. By you admitting that, even though we all know they're not going to win a lot of games, you don't want that mentality to seep into the players' heads and just think about just playing hard and, and not worry about winning. The, the, the bottom line is winning. That's the only thing that's the bottom line. Not playing hard and you lose. There's no more victories. It's either you win or lose. And... Um, that's all I got to say about that situation. But, you know, Fizdale's doing a, doing a good job with the team. Um, I was kind of concerned about the uh, lineup changes. He, he took out Cantor as well as um, Trey Burke from the starting lineup. And I was kind of concerned about that. But, you know, I, I see why he's doing it. And Little Kid is not playing the point guard, point, playing at the point guard position, you know, which he was drafted to do. And we'll see what happens. He, he played a few good games um, starting at the point guard. So, But I would like for him to get more assists and um, keep playing the good defense that I know he's capable of playing. And we'll see what happens, like I said. We'll see what happens. <clears throat> now, I want to briefly mention um, the Cleveland coaches, NFL and NBA, they got the axe today. Ax, um, actually, not today, but yesterday. Teron Lou of the Cavaliers. And Hugh, Hall, uh, Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley both got fired from Cleveland Browns. Um, I thought Todd Haley was going to take over as a coach, but he got fired too. But you know, if you're going to make a change, like if you're if you're, if you're intentions to make a change, you should have done it before the season started, before they even started the preseason. There's no reason to drag this on and. There's no reason to drag it on and, and do that to people when they fire in the mid-seasons. It's like firing someone in the middle at the end of their shift. Come on. Just do it before it even happens and move on. You know, so... <clears throat> don't mind me and my cup. It's just, just water, not liquor. <laughs> so that, that's what I feel about the situation. But now let's go to the nitty-gritty of my um, podcast for today. The Giants and Jets losing this past week. Uh, twofold on... Um, uh, twofold, I, I would say for the Giants. Um, first things first, the Giants. Let's go. Let's go with the stats here. We got uh, Alex Smith, 20 for 32, 178 yards and TD. 
Um, Adrian Peterson with 26 carries, 148 yards, a TD. He, but but in the fourth quarter, he sealed the game open, sealed the sealed the game closed with a 64-yard TD run when the Giants was trying to make a late run. And also um, oh, we have um, Eli Manning going for 30 for 47 for 316 yards, a TD, but he turned the ball over. Two interceptions. This team's not good enough to overcome the, the interceptions, and um, he has to you know cut that down a lot. Beckham, he had eight receptions for 136 yards, um, plus his his uh, patented two two one-handed catches over Josh Norman. You know, I'm, I mean, one-handed catches don't impress me. I'm, what impresses me is Ws and looking good. And whatever, however you get the W, whether you look good, or look bad, I'm in. I'm in only concerned about Ws. And right now the Giants are one and seven. We could do without the one one-handed catches. All right, I'll, I'll, tr- I'll trade those 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 two one-handed catches for at least to have a record lease of uh, five and five. I'm sorry, not five and five, but um, four and four. Be somewhere close to contention for a playoff spot. Um, Saquon Barkley, 13 carries, 38 yards, but he had nine receptions for 73 yards. But he got to get this man the ball. No matter how, no, no matter what, they have to get the, get this man the ball, whether it's behind, um, handing handing it off to him, or or, um, or, th- or throwing up throwing him passes and things like that. The one thing I did notice about the game when I really caught the game is when he tr- when he tries to run between the tackles, he's having a difficult time doing that. Um, is it the offensive line, or is it him, or it's just something? It's something that's just missing. I I think it has to go back to the offensive line. Most definitely. Has to go back to them. They have to do a better job of opening holes and make sure he um, gets those bursts like he had early in the season. So, like I said, the Giants go ahead into the bye week, 1-7. and seven. What to do if I was um, Shermer? What to do? He said he's sticking with Eli. We'll see how long that lasts. If I was Eli, I would, I would request a trade before the, te- before the deadline today. But whenever the deadline is up, you know this guy deserves better. He's, he's already won two Super Bowls. Um, he did what he did for the he did what he could for the Giants in his years of being here. He's been here since 2005. So he did what he can. He should just ask for a trade before the season started. Let them go through a full rebuild. You know, that's my that's that's my opinion. Bynison, he has a lot of pride. He, the Manning name is synonymous in NFL lore. But he should have just went on to another team. Jacksonville would have been a perfect spot for him. But even Jacksonville right now is um, struggling also. Now, you don't know if Jacksonville's going to be selling or buying. They're 3-5 and five and don't look good doing it. Look, look like they're going the other way. Um, but like I said, the full rebuild is in process. They already traded away Snacks Harrison. They traded away Snacks Harrison. They traded away... Um, what's it traded away? Snacks Harrison and I forgot the other guy's name. When I when I going to come to come up with, I'll let you guys know. I totally forgot his name. They traded a few few pieces to the puzzle, and um, full rebuilds isn't process. No matter what they tell you, no matter what the Giants tell you, that they're playing to the win. Rebuilds in process. Rebuilds in process. They're trying to get that quarterback with the first round the first round pick for next year. Um, now let's get to the Jets. The Jets lost to the Bears, uh, 24-10. Let me just hit you with the little stats here. Sam Donald, 14 of 29, 153 yards and a TD. Isaiah Corral, 13 carries, 25 yards. Deontay Burnett, his um, roommate, 
His, I mean, not roommate. His former, his teammate with USC was leading receiver for the Jets with four receptions and 61 yards. And Herndon, their best receiver on the field that yesterday, only had one catch for 16 yards, which was which led to a TD. Um, also, with Mitchell Petrubisky on the Bears side, went for 16 and 29, 220 yards and two TDs. Uh, Jordan Howard with 22 carries, 81 yards and a TD. Um, Tyreek Cohen uh, with a reception, a big uh, first quarter reception for 70 yards for a TD. Um, Taylor Gabriel with four receptions uh, and 52 yards. Anthony Miller with three receptions and 37 yards and a TD. And Joshua Bellamy with four receptions with 30 for 37 yards. Um, the one issue I had with the Jets in this game was a few things. Penalties on the offensive and defensive lines. At critical junctures of the game, one glaring was um, Big Cad Williams. Uh, it was, in the, I believe, it was in the th- um, th- late third quarter. Um, he had a neutral zone infraction on a third and goal. Um, it was a big penalty because the Jets had just scored a touchdown. This made the score 17-10, and um, a, a big, t- a big point turnaround. It, it, it could have been 20. If they just hit the kick, the field could have been 20-10 instead of um, 24-10. I'm sorry, if it was that 20, I'm trying to remember the game. But it led to a, it led to a touchdown instead of a field goal. So that was a big, big, uh, a big penalty on that part. Also the offensive lineman, I seen um, Shell again with another false start. That critical junction of the game, which made the a third and five turned to a third and long. It, it's just, um, I saw some of the uh, press conference after the game and Ray Lewis trying to defend Todd Bowles or whether or not it was um, the coach's responsibility for the players that, that's, that's causing all these penalties, being on this the line or the players. Uh, in my opinion, it's both. It's both. Guys got, got out in the same situation. Uh, Khalil Mack was not playing, so who, who, who on that Bears defense was going to really... Um, scare you as far as a pass rush from the outside. They have some D-tackles in the inside that could push pressure, but who who else on the outside could have done that? I thought this, it could have been a better better communication, uh, better better game planning that would have avoided um, the, the amount of pressure that Donald was getting, as well as the um, false starts that the offensive line had during that game. But keep in mind one thing. The Jets were without Quincy Nunua, Lyle Powell's on IR for his neck injury. Um, Elijah Maguire hasn't come back yet from his ankles, ankle um, issue. He hasn't even been taken off the pub lift list yet. Robbie Anson was out, and also Tremaine Johnson was out on the defensive side of the ball. Even though the defense did play well, but critical junctions, they had some penalties, which I didn't like. I didn't like. I wasn't didn't feel comfortable about that. And, you know, as I'm listening to the, um, the fan this morning, um, tell you, Joe and um, Evan, they're going after Todd Bowles, man, I'm telling you. They want that man fired. They want him fired today. Today. They've been wanting to, been wanting to have that guy fired since Buffalo. They just lost that, that, that playoff, that playing game for the playoffs in Buffalo many years ago. They want this man out of here. But, you know, I try to support my, my, like I said in the previous podcast, I mentioned him, Todd Bowles. I try to support him because he's a fellow um, African-American brother who deserves a chance. But by the same token, you gotta win games. You gotta win games. That's the bottom line. By the end of the day, you gotta win games. If you're, if you're not winning games, get
guess what? You won't be here. And that's for anybody. That's for anybody with any... Uh, forget about pigmentation or, or skin color. You got to win. Got to win. I think I think he should... Um, in my opinion, you can't ask for his firing yet until how he does next two weeks. I think the next two weeks is critical for Todd Bowles. It's very critical. He got to win against the Dolphins. He got to win against the Bills to go into the and go into their bye at five and five. He has to because um, if you go four and if you go through. Three and seven, or four and six. You know what? I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be with Joe and Evan at, at the front of the line saying you need to be fired, Todd. I'm sorry to say that. These are two winnable games right here that you you have to win. You should have beaten Miami the first the first time. To be honest with you, you should be in the first time. And the team, you got to bring a quarterback. You got to help the quarterback. You have to help a quarterback. He's a rookie. You got to create create um, schemes that will help him succeed. I see the the Jets offense. I thought it would be better than last year, but the Jets offense looks like the same as the year before. Just boring and predictable. If you can't do a screen pass, everyone know, everyone knows you're going to run the ball. Everyone knows you're going to do a crossing pattern. There's there's no there's no excitement. There's no dy- dynamic. Play calling going on here. There's no exoticness to their particular offense. It looks like last year, like, like I said, last year and this year. I think Paul Hackett's office was much more um, dynamic than this office we have right here. And Paul Hackett, in my opinion, was not a, was not a good offense coordinator. He was too conservative for me. But come on, at least he had some exciting plays, one or two. I haven't seen any exciting plays from Jeremy Bates. It looks like the same thing they had with Morton, with the offense creator Morton last year. More, most important thing, too, you know, with these injuries to uh, Bilal Powell, the Jets need a, uh, another running back. They need to sign another running back. Nothing big. Just another body in there to help Crowell. Because Crowell's still not, uh, Isaiah Crowell's not, still not 100% with his ankle. You need somebody to take the burden off of him. Um, if it's not, if you don't sign, if you don't sign a running back, then you gotta trust Cannon to to, do, um, to have the carries. Gotta trust Cannon. I mean, trust him a little bit, but you know what? Everyone's job is on the line here, so the coaches should do whatever it takes to maximize the talent that they still have left on this offense. I know you. I know they were you guys worth without Nunua. I know you guys without you. You, out, you were without um, Robbie Anderson. I know that. But that doesn't mean you just fold up the tents and and, and and then squeeze the offense. Gotta do better. I gotta keep saying every week, gotta do better. So like I feel they should start a running back, whoever it may be, whether it's Jamal Charles or some whoever, another body to ease the pressure off. To add some di- add some di- uh, dynamic um, things to the offense. And, you know, you know the next the next draft, this coming draft for the NFL draft, just need to focus on pass rushers and receivers. That's what they should focus on. And um, about to end this podcast right now, but I want to speak about, you know, this may maybe a good segue segue into my next um, episode about if I was Mets GM. Um, as you guys know, to all my Mets fans, the, the New York Mets has 
have hired Brody Vagdanen, former agent of CAA. He's the agent. He's formerly going to be the agent of Joanna Cespedes, Jacob DeGrom, and amongst a few other players on the on the uh, New York Mets roster and organization. Um, the press conference is today at two thirty. I'm going to try to um, watch a podcast. I mean, the uh, press conference. It's not. I'll probably watch a, a recording afterwards and give you my take on it, as well as my take if I was Mets GM. I'm kind of upset. I should have had this episode before they even did the hiring, so at least put my name in the hat. <laughs> so, like I said, I'm gonna give you guys my opinion about the whole situation um, on my next podcast, and also what if I, if I was Mets GM, what I would do to make this team competitive for the next ten years. And um, I will definitely try to have this podcast out to you by either Thursday or Friday or even into the weekend. I will definitely will have this podcast out for you. All right. Once again, this podcast has been brought to you by um, Photos by Pascal. Hit up my sister. All your photo needs, um, portfolios, bar mitzvahs, weddings, baby showers, bridal showers. She's the girl to do it. Definitely check out her, um, her Instagram, Perfect. 43. See all the um, see all her photos, you know. Get a glimpse of her work. Definitely give her a shout out on Instagram. Um, if you guys have any questions, any c- comments, definitely hit me up. This all this video is a video app too. So I also will post this video on YouTube. Um, you guys could either uh, drop a comment on my uh, YouTube video or either hit me up on um, Instagram, Swag Lover, and just let me know who you are. And I'll accept your message and, and see um, what your comments were for the podcast and things like that. I'm hopefully trying to set up a, a, a good email where you guys can contact me to the podcast. Uh, co- contact me with comments and any um, any other things you want to talk to me about. Criticism. I'll take criticisms. I don't care. Just a podcast. <laughs> if you guys want to be a co-host, definitely let me know. You know, make this on and popping. All right, so... Once again, it's your man, Big Dom, coming live and at you with the True Payers Podcast, episode 15. It's 15 already. So I will definitely hit you guys again later. Peace.